Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. Just like your family treats you, find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Hello, Scoop Podcast faithful. Happy Thanksgiving week. This is episode 268. Joining us in studio, he's been in studio before. He had two choices. Back by popular demand. Well, yeah, we think by popular <laughs> demand. I mean, you could be in Maui right now, right? The Kansas Jayhawks, later today, Man. it's the Maui Invitational. I mean, all signs point to Kansas-Michigan State in a few days. Championship game. You could be in Maui right now. With all your free time, right? Former yeah. Kansas Jayhawk, Jayhawk legend. I guarantee Bill Self will get you tickets <laughs> right behind the bench. Yet you chose to be here at Hubbard Broadcasting in the radio studios. I think my wife would kill me if I ended up going to Hawaii, which I've never been to Hawaii, and I've just heard absolutely fantastic things about. And someday I'm definitely going to get there, but I think my wife would probably kill me at this point in time in our lives if uh, – if I, hey honey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Hawaii, and sorry you can't come, but um, hang out. I'll enjoy the sun. And depending on <laughs> flights and what have you, maybe I'll be back by Thanksgiving. But if yeah. I can't get out Thursday morning, you know it's a six seven hour flight. Who knows? Maybe I'll be back Friday or <laughs> or Saturday. That's the voice of Cole Aldrich, Bloomington Jefferson High School, former Kansas Jayhawk. His jersey hangs in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse. You think about that story program, one of the best Jayhawks in that program's history. Eight years in the NBA, six different teams. Most recently, a couple years ago, he played with the Wolves. So, yeah, okay, let's start there on the Wolves. Okay, so let me do the math. Call me Will Hunting, right? A.K.A. Matt Damon, right? I'm Will Hunting. They're 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> yeah. That's 16 games. Yeah. We're about, what, one-fifth of the way through the season. Essentially, yeah. And one-fifth. For the first time all season, by the way, the Wolves are 500. Mm-hmm. They've always been above 500 until the loss on Saturday to the Phoenix Suns. I guess as you've watched the Wolves, you've watched plenty. I guess what stands out through these first 16 games? You know, I think the you always look at, you know, kind of the trends through you have through the season because, you know, you take it week by week and you're averaging almost four games a week and you go on the road and you want to at least – be 500 or more on the road and, you know, take care of home court, which they've seemed to kind of struggle with doing. They have. Yeah, three um, and six at home. 
Winning and, on the road, not winning at home. Yeah, and, and winning on the road is is not easy to do in the league. Um, I mean, we talked about it a few podcasts ago about Brooklyn and some of the other teams that they've, you know, Utah. I don't think anybody really has gone into Utah. Maybe another team and has won. No, I mean, Utah has home wins over Philadelphia already this year. <clears throat> Milwaukee, the LA Clippers, granted minus Paul George, but Utah doesn't lose at home. No. Utah hadn't lost at home until, what, last Monday? It was a week ago today. No yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins is out for that game. Yeah. Keelan Martin, two-way contract. <laughs> Keelan Martin plays really well that game. Yeah. Jeff Teague, I mean, he's hit and miss, but he had a really good game that game. And, yeah, the Wolves found a way to win at Utah. So there is something there. They're actually better than I thought they would be. A month and a half ago, yeah. the Vegas over-under was 35 and a half. <laughs> It's not like I said they'd win 25, but I said if I had to bet over or under, I'd go under. Not significantly under. I thought they'd be like in that 31-32 range, and maybe they still will. But at this point, I think they're actually better than a 35-win team. You know, they've kind of had they've had some injuries, and they've had you know just some just some things with with guys. You know, Wig was out with with the death in the family, and some guys get sick, and you know some guys get hurt, and you know that's just kind of how basketball is but you know they found a way to the next guy to step up and that's what gets you to be a good team is you know that Utah game when you think about it you have you have a few guys out and guys come in and step up and in sometimes you may roll the dice with some young guys but you know that's how you become a, a good team and you know give yourself a chance to get into the playoffs and i think if they can continue the trend of just finding a way to get better. You know, their three-point shooting is, ooh, I would say inconsistent. It's probably a very – I would say it's horse bleep. Yeah. I mean, they get good looks. To me, the system is working. Yeah. To credit to your guy, our guy, Ryan Saunders. <clears throat> we both have good relationships with Ryan. We both love Ryan the person. I think he's evolving as a coach, but so far, yeah, his system is working. Mm-hmm. They're not taking a lot of mid-range shots. They're taking a high volume of threes, a high volume of shots at the rim. But unfortunately, the roster still needs all sorts of work because they don't have guys that can make threes. I mean, they're yeah. bottom three in the league in three-point percentage. Yeah, you know, and as long as you're getting quality shots, you always think that you're going to go through trends of having it fall. You're going to go through, you know, a few weeks or a month that those shots are just going down. And it doesn't matter who you're playing, whether it's the Heat or the Lakers or Philly – those shots are going down, and you're winning those games. And then there's going to be also other times where you're 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 not playing the the good teams like the Knicks and some of the other kind of bottom feeders where those shots may not be going down. And you look back and you're like, wow, man, they had a quality win against Utah, but they also lost against that team. Well, Memphis, right? Yeah. I mean, the game at Memphis. I mean, Memphis shot the lights out. I mean, that was one of those games where you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so it does. It happens. But I'm still convinced. I mean, the roster still needs all sorts of work. I mean, there is yeah. no doubt in my mind. As we approach December 15th, guys who signed contracts over the summer are then eligible to be traded. I'm not suggesting the Wolves are, are pulling the trigger on a trade December 16th. But I have no doubt in my mind. Gerson Rosas coming from that He's Houston in talks. front office. He is going to be uber aggressive. Doesn't guarantee that a move or moves are on the horizon. Maybe not even by the deadline in February, but I have no doubt in my mind that he is going to be working the phones big time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at even just him trying to get um, 
What's the point guard in uh, – Well, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, D'Angelo. I mean, that's Cat's guy. Yeah, where, you know, you, you swing and you miss sometimes, and, and that's just how it is. You know, you, you have deals that are so close to being done, but they don't get done. And that's just kind of how trades go because there's not just, yeah, I like you and I'm going to put you for this guy. Doesn't doesn't always work that way. There's just so much more to getting a trade, and you know you got salaries and a bunch of other crap that goes into it. I mean, it. you have owners, right? I mean, hey, the Wolves might have interest in trying to sell as high as they could right now on Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. but after this year, he's got three years, ninety five million dollars left, approximately. Yeah. He's due another twenty million for this year. I mean, that would be really hard, right, for a general manager to go to his ownership group and say, hey, you know, I'm giving up some money. you got to give up some money. But I'm bringing back over $100 million for a guy that maybe has a chance. No guarantees that he's an all-star or anything like that. Yeah. But a guy that through 16 games, you know, when he's been in there, so for his 11 or 12 games, has played well, and he's shown us at different points. I mean, I, heck, I, I think when you were teammates with him, he had different runs. He'd pop up here. He'd pop up there. Oh, he'd play a, really a few good great game. weeks, and then a few yeah. weeks it would just kind of be like, he, you know, he just doesn't. So there's still some questions there, but, I mean, that's that's another layer, right, when trying to execute a trade where the front office might be all in. <laughs> then you make the phone call. You call the head honcho, and, and he's like, you say, yeah, no. I'm, I'm not approving that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. Um, and, and, honestly, some guys just get thrown in for money. I mean, I always look at my trade in uh, when I was in Oklahoma City, I got traded with James Harden to Houston. And that whole kind of story, how it happened, is is just kind of crazy where it was Saturday, and I remember this very vividly, Saturday practice, we normally would go hard. Sunday was going to be off. Monday, we would get back into it pretty hard. Tuesday, we'd have a you know, kind of a lighter practice. We were flying to San Antonio to open the season on Wednesday. And I remember Wednesday was, or Saturday was like this really kind of like weird day. No contact. It was real short. And it just, something didn't feel right. The light bulbs went off. Yeah. Right. And, you know, they had signed surge to, I believe, 60 you know, a, a few days before or a week or whatever before. and Yeah, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, and uh, James was kind of, you know, just coming off a six-man of the year, starting to really develop into a player, and nobody quite knew how good he was ended up going to be, but people knew, like, wow, like, this dude is really good. I mean, they always thought <clears throat> he had a chance, right? I mean, he was a great player at Arizona State. Yeah. Was very much worthy of his top five selection. But yeah, I mean, you think about it with Durant, with big difference. Westbrook, it was it was tough. I mean, yeah. you know, your team there in Oklahoma City was so deep and so much individual talent, and you guys certainly at different points had all sorts of collective success. But so much individual talent that yeah, I mean, Houston struck gold. Looking at this guy, saying he has a chance. Now I'm not quite sure anybody thought James would be this good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is. But yeah, that's where that's where Houston then found a way, right? So, yeah. So they you know, found the Saturday. A- Practice was weird. Go that's into when you thought, the, okay, something might be up, and then the trade happened just like that. Yeah. Well, I remember I was sitting. My wife, wife now is uh, she was back at school. 
have for homecoming weekend, hanging out with the girlfriends, whatnot. I get a call. It's like nine o'clock that night, Saturday. I'm playing Xbox and I look at my phone and I'm like, it's our GM. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. This is weird. Like, why is he calling me? Because, you know, th- we just finished our last preseason game. And, you know, for me, I was going into the situation like, wow, I'm going to be the backup to Perk. Because, you know, for preseason, I had played really well. And I was kind of like coming into a player. So I get, I you know, I pick up the phone call on the, on the last ring. And, you know, our GM, Sam Preston, was like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know. Like, I appreciate everything over the last few years. But you've been traded to Houston. Somebody from Houston's going to call you very shortly you know i was kind of sitting what what just happened uh are we sure we want to do this and so i'm trying to get a hold of my wife who's back uh, on campus hanging out with her girlfriends before it hits the, it hits the ticker at the bar mm-hmm. so i'm calling her calling her and, and and trying to get a hold of her friends every everybody she's with and finally she calls me back and she's like hey what's up and it's just dead silent and she goes, where are we going? <laughs> and I was like. So she knew right away? So I, somehow, some way, she knew. But long story short, it, you know, I was thrown in as a money deal where my contract was matching up with other mm-hmm. players. And, you know, it was Kevin Martin and, you know, a few other players that I got. So it was me, James, Daquan Cook, and Lazar Hayward got traded to Houston, and it was Kevin Martin and a few other players that they had traded. But, I mean, sometimes it's just, you know, a team may like you, but to make a deal happen, that's just kind of how things go. Sure, and, I mean, you look at the Wolves. I mean, they have multiple guys on expiring contracts, you know, Napier, Graham, Vonley. I mean, they have guys, and they would happily move guys with multiple yeah. years left, like yeah. Gorgie, your Pieces. former teammate, yeah. Gorgie Jang. So, I mean, outside of really Carl Anthony Towns, and I guess I say Jarrett Culver, I don't say that convincingly. Like, if the right deal is out there, so I think he's going to get thrown into it. I think they'd move Culver. I mean, if they're getting back a star, if the opportunity is sitting there to bring in D'Angelo Russell and Golden State demands Jarrett Culver. I think the Wolves would move Culver. So, I mean, really, outside of Carl Anthony Towns, at this point, I think Rosas and the front office is, is open-minded to moving just about anyone. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's where things will ramp up because you have all the guys that signed over the summer. Things will ramp up as we approach December 15th and the trade deadline in February. And yes. if it doesn't happen, whether, you know, between December 15th and the trade deadline, it'll be another fascinating summer because – I'm telling you. I You're going to have a lot of guys. Of one guy and maybe two, you know, and <clears throat> they love, trust me, you know, Ryan loves Josh Okogie. He loves other guys. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, it's not like they're married to those guys. They're married to one guy. Yeah. I you mean, know, you so have, you have your franchise player is, and – Is up in the air, you know. Interchangeable in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's hard when you don't have cap space. You go back to last summer, you know, and they meet with D'Angelo Russell out in L.A. And at one point – they thought that they were going to get him. My comeback to that always was they didn't have the cap space to sign him. Yeah. And they tried to pedal contracts to Dallas. Maybe they thought they were closer than they were. My intel from 
from some league folks is the Wolves were never close to moving contracts. So I'm I'm still baffled how they were going to create the space they needed to sign D'Angelo Russell. But then Golden State comes in, and they had the money. Mm-hmm. They find a way to wrap up Russell. Russell, when he was here a couple of weeks ago, talked to a handful of reporters, and he said, hey, you know, I appreciate Minnesota's willingness you know, to engage me, and, you know, Cat's my guy. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but Cat's my guy. You know, it was it was good of them, and, and it's it's nice to be wanted. But the weather, he brought up the weather. Yeah, that's the he one thing He said the weather, that... which is interesting because you guys, you guys are on the road so often. <laughs> you stay in the nicest hotels. You're flying private. I mean, the bus rolls you. Right up to the tarmac, essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like you're outside all that much. Even yeah. if you live here, you can live downtown. You can take the Skyway or you take the elevator down to your car in the garage of your building. There's, you yeah, you're not going to be outside Center, a whole lot. Square. You're, just, you're not outside yeah. very often, but there it is again. But this you, is not the first time, but an athlete, and it doesn't matter what sport it is. I mean, it comes up just about in any sport. Uh-huh. Maybe not so much the NHL, but it's not a sexy destination. This is not a sexy destination, but I just I don't understand the weather part of that. But, but I'm sure you've heard from some guys that that speak about the weather here. Of course, I mean that's I'm just where you, my own you go. Opinion, I, I just I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand it. But maybe that's because I've grown up here. I've been here my entire life. <laughs> it's really not that much different here compared to many other locations: Cleveland, Chicago, Boston. Philadelphia. Well, when you win, it you know. That that I think is the weather is a culmination of you know, fifteen factors. You have not only the weather, but you have, you know, your team, your organization, your city. You know, opportunities for endorsements. You have mm-hmm. a, a culmination a of a lot of yeah. things because you know, even though we have four or five major sports here, you know, we we still have a small market in. That in itself, when you go, I always think about Kevin Durant's decision where, you know, he was in Oklahoma City. People thought that he was going to go to Washington. You know, why would he go to Washington and take a step back when he can go to Golden State and now be at the same level, if not higher, to where he was in Oklahoma City? Mm -hmm. I mean, some of that was he's from, where is he from, Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, he was right down the right down the road. Yeah, I mean, he's or, from the area, so the thought was the Wizards are the closest spot to to where he's from that he'd go home. I think that was the selling point. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, logically, I mean, it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense when his ultimate goal was was to win championships. I mean, why would you take a step back? I mean, if anything, you just re-sign in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So when you're in when you're one of those guys that wants to do that, um. You know, you you don't want to take a step back in a sense because you don't have a whole lot of time because once you get to, you know, your fifth, sixth year, you start to realize like, man, you know, I'm already in this, hopefully maybe a little less than half of my career because, you know, if you can play 12 years, that's a heck of a long career a long career. But if you go to a team and you're like, well, you know, they're rebuilding and, you know, it it is it kind of is what it is. You you start wasting those years, and teams look at you very differently. You know, especially if you're kind of a middle of the road guy. Where I always think, if you're the Wolves, for instance, 
some other teams. You know, San Antonio's kind of an outlier in this because they've won, and that's what brings people there. But you're going to have to get guys through trading. You're going to have to get guys through drafting. And you potentially are going to have to overpay some guys because you're not going to get a guy that is really good to come here just because it's Minnesota. You know, you're going to look at a track record and be like, oh, you know what, well, Minnesota hasn't they haven't been great. They you know, they made the playoffs once in fifteen years and you know, sure we could build something, but do I have the time to do that? And and for a lot of guys the answer is probably no. Um, I mean look at all the kind of the moves that's happened throughout the years. Getting Jimmy that was through a trade, Carl draft, you know, Wiggs is what was another draft. You're right, you're not signing marquee free agents. No, you're not. You're not. I mean, you're always going to get guys who need jobs. Noah Vonley, Jordan Bell. You know, nobody else was offering Jake Lehman three years. <clears throat> well, I think can be helpful. I mean, I think Lehman, yeah. I like him. I'm glad they got him. I mean, I thought that was a that was a sneaky good move. Yeah. You know, and other teams had interest in Lehman, just not at, at three years. In fact, Portland had interest in keeping him. I mean, mm-hmm. that to me speaks volumes. That is a savvy front office. Portland didn't want to lose him. But based on some other moves, they had to renounce his rights. He becomes yeah. unrestricted. They end up losing him. But Portland, I know this for a fact. Portland wanted to keep him, so I thought that was a good move. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're yeah, you're not. So I guess going back to D'Angelo Russell and that courting, even if they had the cap space, ultimately he may have chosen. Even though Cat is his guy, yeah, he may have ultimately chosen the Golden State Warriors. Let me ask you another part of that. This just hit me. I saw the note from Ken Rosenthal, who does a great job covering Major League Baseball for for MLB Network and, and some other outlets. And he wrote the other day that it'll be interesting to see how the Twins approach free agency and are they able to convince – like the Twins won a couple pitchers, Zach Wheeler, Madison yeah. Bumgarner. And these guys are going <clears throat> to have, in all likelihood, three, four, five, six offers to choose from. There are going to be three, four, five, six offers that are all comparable. Yeah, Four or five years in length at roughly 16 to 19 to $20 million a year. Income tax, state income tax. It's a big one. It's high here. It's worse here. Yeah, or it's higher here. Third or fourth in this country. I think it might be second. Yeah, you get New York and California are like 12, 13. Okay, so maybe it's third. Whatever and it is, Minnesota's but it's, at it like is nine, really, eight. really high. So Rosenthal brought this up, just saying something to keep an eye on, where the Twins might have to go a little bit higher <clears> to secure <throat> one of these pitchers or yeah. one of these third basemen that they're after. That's because another factor that goes into it. The because... state income tax. <laughs> so speak about that, how that factors in. Because I don't think a lot of people think about that. No, not at all. And, um, you know, I, I personally have some friends that have gone through this and have, like, actually hired, you know, tax planners to go through numbers during free agency and say, well, you know, if you if you sign in this city, then here's what your deal is going to be and you know, say your deal is worth $78 million. If you sign in this other city and they sign you for $73 million, sure, it's $5 million less, but over the longevity of it, you're essentially making more because mm-hmm. of the tax hit. And, you know, you have to take away as a, as a fan here, we live here and this is home for us. We We kind of have a hard time conceptualizing going to work for six, eight months somewhere, and then coming home, wherever that home is. You're right. And I think, I mean, 
put it this way. This is the way to phrase it. I mean, I think, you know, having been here now 31 years of my life, this is as provincial a marketplace, and I've been around plenty of other locations. Like, you're either one of us or you're not. You're either with us <laughs> We or love you're our not. people. <laughs> there's like, there's not a whole lot of in-between, mm-hmm. right? I mean, heck, think about all the backlash you received way back when when you chose the Kansas Jayhawks instead of the Gophers. Yeah. And imagine if Twitter was something back then. Social media was <laughs> Everybody's banging then. away on MySpace. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you heard some of the chatter. People were upset that you made that decision. I don't know if that's the case to the degree it is here in other locations. I just, I'm telling you. I mean, I see this as a struggle with, with some of the Score North hosts who, who are from out of town. That they get some backlash. Yeah. You know, one of our afternoon guys, Rami, is he used to work in Milwaukee, and he's got Chicago ties. And our, our Wolves guy, Danny Cunningham, is a, is a Cleveland guy. Mm-hmm. It, just, it takes a while. It just does. Yeah. You know, you come into this market. It just it takes a while for, for a lot of people just to embrace you if you're not one of us. <laughs> Even though you are. Yeah, you know, well, we, yeah. I mean, once you sign on the dotted line and you commit to being here, to me, yeah. Of course. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks for being here, right? Yeah. But I just don't know if a lot of people have have that attitude. Yeah. You know, that's that's like I said, one of the fifteen factors that goes into free agency is you know, the tax thing. And and as crazy as it sounds when you're dealing with that much money, and honestly, some guys need that extra money. As hard as it is to really conceptualize thinking Man, they signed a $78 million deal. How how could they ever need money? Well, just like anybody that makes, you know, 30, 50, 75, 100k, they may lay paycheck to paycheck. Some of those guys do too. Yeah, because they have so many hangers on, so many different family members. Just bad decisions I mean, financially. A lot of stories right Antoine Walker go up and down the list of of guys. You who can even talk bankrupt. about the potential of uh, who knows if this is true, but I just saw somebody coming out of retirement. Some of the reason why guys come out of retirement is because they're bored or they need money. And, you know, I, I saw somebody on Instagram the other day that said that they're going to get back into the ring. <laughs> yeah. And and box again. Sure. Who knows if it's financially based, but, Could be. you know, we've all seen his Instagram and we see how much uh, he lives the lavish lifestyle. Sure, but there's also something to be said, though, about it's a very small window, right? You played in the NBA for eight years. Yeah. So it's not like you have 40 years to maximize your earnings. It's a very small window, and a lot of guys, you know this, don't even get a second contract. Oh, yeah, a lot of I mean, so you need three to and a half years. to maximize, and you have your degree, so you have a full life ahead of you, and you're going to do all sorts and I got of different a great things, but a lot of guys podcast. don't have that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Somehow we convince you to come in and do this podcast. Yeah. If this is the pinnacle, God bless you. Creme de la creme. Yeah, this, this might be it for the rest of your professional life. You'll work for another whatever, 20, 30 years, then you re- can retire uh, handsomely. But yeah, this might be this might be it, Cole. This absolutely might be it. But yeah, I mean, just for a lot of guys, they need to find a way to maximize their earnings because mm-hmm. they don't know what the heck they're going to do. When the game isn't there anymore. Yeah. And and even another factor is the whole postseason, you know, and we kind of talked about it beforehand was, 
with the NBA coming out saying that they want to change some of the postseasons and maybe throw you know a little tournament into the middle of the season, that kind of is going to add a whole nother dynamic to free agency in the next few years. Well, I mean, how about, okay, so yeah, what you're alluding to is the ESPN report from late last week. Yeah. It'll be the 75th NBA season, the 2021-2022 season. So a couple of years from now, the proposal is they want to do this in-season tournament from like Thanksgiving to Christmas. Not quite sure what the incentive is. I haven't read all the details and none of this is finalized, but they want to do this in-season tournament. They want to minimize the games to some extent. Not a lot, but it's 82 games now. Looks like it might go down to 78. That's not a lot, but hey, guess what? That's two home games that that owners need to need to sacrifice gate on. Yeah. And guess what? The players are going to have to give it back some money then. You're not getting paid for 82 games anymore. You're getting paid for, for 78 games. Then, yeah, some reseeding, you know, once you get to the conference finals, which I'm, hey, sign me up, right? Like if, if we could have – like last year, for example, if it just so happened. I mean, if if Milwaukee played Toronto for the championship, cool, fine by me. Yeah. I don't care if it's two East teams or if Portland played you Golden State. the two State. best teams. To, yeah. I mean, you, you – Which I, seems like forever ago, by the way, because <laughs> last time I checked, I think Portland and Golden State are the two <laughs> worst teams in the Western Conference. Yeah. But last year they met in the Western Conference Finals. But, yeah, I mean, if that was the NBA Finals, cool, sign me up. You know, to get the 16 best teams, like Sacramento last year misses the playoffs – but they were worthy. They were better than the eight seed in the East. So yeah. there are some ideas where I'm like, yeah, sign me up. That yeah, makes all sorts of sense. But, yeah, as we're talking the finances here, I'm just saying if you go from 82 games to 78 games. Someone's going to get hit. Everybody's going to get hit I mean, everybody's going to get hit to yeah. some extent, right? Yeah. I think that whole proposal, you know, I've, I've been a rep for majority of my career for, for the union on the player side. And – um so team rep? Yeah. And we've talked about all sorts of scenarios of, you know, what that looks like. And I think it's finally coming out is I see it kind of as an outsider now of where you're kind of at a lull of a season. You know, the excitement of the NBA season is now getting over with Thanksgiving. Now you're going to have college playoffs. You're going to have the Super Bowl in February. You're going to like how do you take those viewers and bring them back into basketball? In for more than Christmas Day. Christmas Day is a big deal. Big deal. But yeah, what about you know the last week of November, the first few weeks of December, mm-hmm. as we get into January, the, the dog days of basketball, the dog days of of basketball. Yeah. yeah. As a player and as a fan, you're kind of like, man, geez, I just watched these guys four four times in the last week, and as a player, you're like, man. We've been on the road for the last nine days. I'm, you know, I'm ready to get home, even though we got a big game tonight. You know, you still have those those feelings of being on the road for that long. So I think it's kind mm-hmm. of gives an added incentive. And you know, I don't know if there's a trophy or money or whatever the yeah. How do they the end game of it is? Yeah, I mean, how do you make this in season tournament a big deal? Like, I could see some teams saying, you know what, load management. This is the ideal time to rest, guys. Yeah. Like, who cares about winning the in-season tournament? So, I guess, what is the incentive for a team to win? Are they then guaranteed maybe a top-four playoff seed? I mean, yeah. I mean, is there is there some way to frame it that way where it has an impact come mid-April into May? Look at I mean, what they did. Because you need to have the incentive, right? You need to make this thing, if it's going to be a thing, this in-season tournament, it needs to be a pretty big deal. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so you need to make sure that teams are, are going all out to win this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, what's what's the reward for winning that thing? Look at what it was probably, man, seven, six, six, seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago now, where they switched. If you won your division, you were automatically placed into one of the top four seeds. Mm-hmm. Then they switched it to – you know, because if you look at the division, the Northwest Division at the Wolves are in, you have Oklahoma City, Denver, Portland, Utah. Like you have these, it's really, a really good division, like, but nobody thinks of it that way, right? Nobody thinks anymore, just because it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So if divisions don't matter, why do conferences matter? That's where it just didn't make sense. Yeah. I guess what you need to figure out though is. How do you balance the schedule? North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers. That's right, more than 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team at North Memorial Health. They're your family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door. That means making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. So step up your health care game today and find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Once again, that's northmemorial.com slash family. Hello, Scoop Podcast faithful. Happy Thanksgiving week. This is episode 268. Joining us in studio, he's been in studio before. He had two choices. Back by popular demand. Well, yeah, we think by popular <laughs> demand. I mean, you could be in Maui right now, right? The Kansas Jayhawks, later today, it's the Maui Invitational. I mean, all signs point to Kansas-Michigan State in a few days. Championship game. You could be in Maui right now. With all your free time, right? Former Kansas Jayhawk, Jayhawk legend. I guarantee Bill Self will get you tickets right behind the bench. Yet you chose to be here at Hubbard Broadcasting in the radio studios. I think my wife would kill me if I ended up going to Hawaii, which I've never been to Hawaii, and I've just heard absolutely fantastic things about. And someday I'm definitely going to get there, but I think my wife would probably kill me at this point in time in our lives if – if I, hey, honey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Hawaii, and sorry you can't come, but um, hang out. I'll enjoy the sun. And depending on <laughs> flights and what have you, maybe I'll be back by Thanksgiving. But if yeah. I can't get out Thursday morning, you know, it's a six seven hour flight. Who knows? Maybe I'll be back Friday or <laughs> or Saturday. That's the voice of Cole Aldrich, Bloomington Jefferson High School, former Kansas Jayhawk. His jersey hangs in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse. You think about that story program, one of the best Jayhawks in that program's history. Eight years in the NBA, six different teams. Most recently, a couple years ago, he played with the Wolves. So, yeah, okay, let's start there on the Wolves. Okay, so let me do the math. Call me Will Hunting, right? A.K.A. Matt Damon, right? I'm Will Hunting. They're 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> yeah. That's 16 games. Yeah. We're about, what, one-fifth of the way through the season. Essentially, yeah. And one-fifth. For the first time all season, by the way. The Wolves are 500. Mm-hmm. They've always been above 500 until the loss on Saturday to the Phoenix Suns. I guess as you've watched the Wolves, you've watched plenty. I guess what stands out through these first 16 games? You know, I think the you always look at you know kind of the trends through you have through the season because 
you know, you, you take it week by week and you're averaging almost four games a week and you go on the road and you want to at least be 500 or more on the road and, you know, take care of home court, which they've seemed to kind of struggle with doing. They have. Yeah, three um, and six at home. Winning and, on the road, not winning at home. Yeah, and, and winning on the road is, is not easy to do in the league. Um, I mean, we talked about it a few podcasts ago about Brooklyn and some of the other teams that they've, you know, Utah. I don't think anybody really has gone into Utah. Maybe another team and has won. No, I mean, Utah has home wins over Philadelphia already this year. <clears throat> Milwaukee, the LA Clippers, granted minus Paul George, but Utah doesn't lose at home. No. Utah hadn't lost at home until, what, last Monday? It was a week ago today. Yeah. No Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins is out for that game. Yeah. Keelan Martin, two way contract. <laughs> Keelan Martin plays really well that game. Yeah. Jeff Teague. I mean, he's hit and miss, but he had a really good game that game. And, yeah, the Wolves found a way to win at Utah. So there is something there. They're actually better than I thought they would be. A month and a half ago, yeah. the Vegas over-under was 35 and a half. It's not like I said they'd win 25, but I said if I had to bet over or under, I'd go under. Not significantly under. I thought they'd be like in that 31-32 range, and maybe they still will. But at this point, I think they're actually better than a 35 win team. You know, they've kind of had – They've had some injuries and they've had, you know, just some just some things with with guys. You know, Wig was out with with the death in the family, and some guys get sick, and you know, some guys get hurt, and you know, that's just kind of how basketball is. But you know, they found a way to the next guy to step up, and that's what gets you to be a good team. Is you know. That Utah game, when you think about it, you have you have a few guys out, and guys come in and step up, and in sometimes you may roll the dice with some young guys, but you know that's how you become a, a good team, and you know give yourself a chance to get into the playoffs. And I think if they can continue the trend of just finding a way to get better, you know their three point shooting is, ooh, I would say inconsistent is probably a very, I would say a horse bleep, yeah. I mean, they get good looks. To me, the system is working. Yeah. Credit to your guy, our guy, Ryan Saunders. We both have good relationships with Ryan. We both love Ryan the person. I think he's evolving as a coach, but so far, his system is working. Mm -hmm. They're not taking a lot of mid-range shots. They're taking a high volume of threes, a high volume of shots at the rim. But unfortunately, the roster still needs all sorts of work because they don't have guys that can make threes. I mean, they're bottom three in the league. In three-point percentage. Yeah, you know, and as long as you're getting quality shots, you always think that you're going to go through trends of having it fall. You're going to go through, you know, a few weeks or a month that those shots are just going down. And it doesn't matter who you're playing, whether it's the Heat or the Lakers or Philly, those shots are going down and you're winning those games. And then there's going to be also other times where you're 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 not playing the, the good teams like the Knicks and – some of the other kind of bottom feeders where those shots may not be going down and you look back and you're like, wow, man, they had a quality win against Utah, but they also lost against that team. Well, Memphis, right? Yeah. I mean, the game at Memphis, I mean, Memphis shot the lights out. I mean, that was one of those games where you're like, are you kidding me? So it does. <laughs> it happens. But I'm still convinced. I mean, the roster still needs all sorts of work. I mean, there is yeah. no doubt in my mind. As we approach December 15th, guys who signed contracts over the summer are then eligible to be traded. I'm not suggesting the Wolves are, are pulling the trigger on a trade December 16th, but I have no doubt in my mind, Gerson Rosas coming from that He's Houston in talks. office. 
he is going to be uber-aggressive. Doesn't guarantee that a move or moves are on the horizon. Maybe not even by the deadline in February, but I have no doubt in my mind that he is going to be working the phones big time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at even just him trying to get um, – what's the point guard? In, uh, well, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, D'Angelo. I mean, that's Cat's guy. Yeah, where, you know, you, you swing and you miss sometimes, and, and that's just how it is. You know, you, you have deals that are so close to being done, but they don't get done. And that's just kind of how trades go because there's not just, yeah, I like you and I'm going to put you for this guy. It doesn't, doesn't always work that way. There's just so much more to getting a trade and, you know, you got salaries and a bunch of other crap that goes into it. I mean, it. you have owners, right? I mean, hey, the Wolves might have interest in trying to sell as high as they could right now on Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. But after this year, he's got three years, $95 million left approximately. Yeah. He's due another $20 million for this year. I mean, that would be really hard, right, for a general manager to go to his ownership group and say, hey, you know, I'm giving up some money. you got to give up some money. But I'm bringing back over $100 million for a guy that maybe has a chance. No guarantees that he's an all-star or anything like that. Yeah. But a guy that through 16 games, you know, when he's been in there, so for his 11 or 12 games, has played well. And he's shown us at different points. I mean, heck, I I think when you were teammates with him, he had different runs. He'd pop up here. He'd pop up there. Oh, he'd play a a few great weeks. And then a few weeks, it would just kind of be like, he, you know, he just doesn't. So there's still some questions there. But, I mean, that's that's another layer, right, when trying to execute a trade where the front office might be all in. (laughs) Then you make the phone call. You call the head honcho, and he's like, you say, yeah, I'm I'm not approving that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a hard one. Um, and, and honestly, some guys just get thrown in for money. I mean, I always look at my trade in uh, when I was in Oklahoma City. I got traded with James Harden to Houston, and that whole kind of story, how it happened, is is just kind of crazy. Where <clears throat> it was Saturday, and I remember this very vividly. Saturday practice, we normally would go hard. Sunday was going to be off. Monday we would get back into it pretty hard. Tuesday we'd have a you know kind of a lighter practice. We were flying to San Antonio to open the season on Wednesday, and I remember Wednesday was or Saturday was like this really kind of like weird day. No contact. It was real short, and it just it, something didn't feel right. The light bulbs went off. Yeah, right and. You know, they had signed Surge to, I believe, 60, you know, a, a few days before or a week or whatever before. and Yeah, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, and uh, James was kind of, you know, just coming off a six-man of the year, starting to really develop into a player, and nobody quite knew how good he was ended up going to be. But people knew, like, wow, like, this dude is really good. I mean, they always thought <clears throat> he had a chance, right? I mean, he was – a great player at Arizona State. Yeah. Was very much worthy of his top five selection. But yeah, I mean, you think about it with Durant, with Big Westbrook, difference. it was it was tough. I mean, yeah. you know, your team there in Oklahoma City was so deep and so much individual talent, and you guys certainly at different points had all sorts of collective success, but so much individual talent that yeah, I mean, Houston struck gold looking at this guy saying, 
he has a chance. Now, I'm not quite sure anybody thought James would be this good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is. But yeah, that's where that's where Houston then found a way, right? So, yeah. So they you know, found the Saturday a... practice was weird. Go that's into when you thought, the... okay, something might be up, and then the trade happened just like that. Yeah. Well, I remember I was sitting. My wife, wife now is uh, she was back at school for homecoming weekend, hanging out with her girlfriends, whatnot. I get a call. It's like nine o'clock that night, Saturday. I'm playing Xbox and I look at my phone and I'm like, it's our GM. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. This is weird. Like, why is he calling me? Because, you know, they, we just finished our last preseason game. And, you know, for me, I was going into the situation like, wow, I'm going to be the backup to Perk because, you know, for preseason, I had played really well. And I was kind of like coming into a player. So I get, I, you know, I pick up the phone call on the, on the last ring and, you know, our GM Sam Presley was like, Hey, you know, I just want to let you know, like, I appreciate everything over the last few years, but you've been traded to Houston. Somebody from Houston's going to call you very shortly. You know, I was kind of sitting, what, what just happened? Uh, are we sure we want to do this? And so I'm trying to get a hold of my wife, who's, back uh, on campus hanging out with her girlfriends before it hits the, it hits a ticker at the bar. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling her, calling her, and, and, and trying to get a hold of her friends, every, everybody she's with. And finally she calls me back, and she's like, hey, what's up? And it's just dead silent. And she goes, where are we going? <laughs> and I was like... So she knew right away? So I, somehow, some way, she knew, but... Long story short, it, you know, I was thrown in as a money deal where my contract was matching up with other mm-hmm. players. And, you know, it was Kevin Martin and, you know, a few other players that I got. So it was me, James, Daquan Cook, and Lazar Hayward got traded to Houston. And it was Kevin Martin and a few other players that they had traded. But... I mean, sometimes it's just, you know, a team may like you, but to make a deal happen, that's just kind of how things go. Sure. And, I mean, you look at the Wolves. I mean, they have multiple guys on expiring contracts. You know, Napier, Graham, Vonley. I mean, they have guys, and they would happily move guys with multiple years left, like Gorgie, your former teammate. Gorgie Jang. So, I mean, outside of really Carl Anthony Towns – and I guess I say Jared Culver. I don't say that convincingly. Like, if the right deal is out there. So I he's going to get thrown into it. I think they'd move Culver. I mean, if they're getting back a star. If the opportunity is sitting there to bring in D'Angelo Russell and Golden State demands Jarrett Culver, I think the Wolves would move Culver. So, I mean, really outside of Carl Anthony Towns at this point, I think Rosas and the front office is, is open-minded to moving just about anyone. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's where things will ramp up. Because you have all the guys that signed over the summer. Things will ramp up as we approach December 15th and the trade deadline in February. And if it doesn't happen, whether, you know, between December 15th and the trade deadline, it'll be another fascinating summer because I'm telling you. You're going to have a lot of guys. One guy and maybe two, you know, and they love, trust me, you know, Ryan loves Josh Okogie, loves other guys. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, it's not like they're married to those guys, they're married to one guy. Yeah. I you mean, know, you so have you have your franchise player is, and is up in the air, you know, interchangeable in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's hard when you don't have cap space. You go back to last summer, 
you know, and they meet with D'Angelo Russell out in L.A. And at one point, they thought that they were going to get him. My comeback to that always was they didn't have the cap space to sign him. Yeah. And they tried to pedal contracts to Dallas. Maybe they thought they were closer than they were. My intel from from some league folks is the Wolves were never close to moving contracts. So I'm I'm still baffled how they were going to create the space they needed to sign D'Angelo Russell. But then Golden State comes in, and they had the money. Mm-hmm. They find a way to wrap up Russell. Russell, when he was here a couple of weeks ago, talked to a handful of reporters, and he said, hey, you know, I appreciate Minnesota's willingness you know, to engage me, and, you know, Cat's my guy. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but Cat's my guy. You know, it was it was good of them, and, and it's it's nice to be wanted. But the weather, he brought up the weather. Yeah, so that's the he one thing He said the weather, that... which is interesting because you guys, you guys are on the road so often. <laughs> you stay in the nicest hotels. You're flying private. I mean, the bus rolls you. Right up to the tarmac, essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like you're outside all that much. Even yeah. if you live here, you can live downtown. You can take the Skyway or you take the elevator down to your car in the garage of your building. There's, you yeah, you're not going to be Target outside Center a whole or Mayo lot. Square. You're, just, you're not outside yeah. very often, but there it is again. But this you, is not the first time, but an athlete, and it doesn't matter what sport it is. I mean, it comes up just about in any sport. Uh-huh. Maybe not so much in the NHL, but it's not a sexy destination. This is not a sexy destination, but I just I don't understand the weather part of that. But, but I'm sure you've heard from some guys that that speak about the weather here. Of course, I mean that's I'm just where you, my own you go. Opinion, I, I just I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand it. But maybe that's because I've grown up here. I've been here my entire life. <laughs> it's really not that much different here compared to many other locations: Cleveland, Chicago. Boston. Well, when you win, it, you know that that I think is the weather is a culmination of you know, fifteen factors. You have not only the weather, but you have you know your team, your organization, your city. You know opportunities for endorsements. You have mm-hmm. a, a culmination a of a lot of yeah. things because you know even though we have four or five major sports here, you know we we still have a small market in. That in itself, when you go, I always think about Kevin Durant's decision where, you know, he was in Oklahoma City. People thought that he was going to go to Washington. You know, why would he go to Washington and take a step back when he can go to Golden State and now be at the same level, if not higher, to where he was in Oklahoma City? Mm -hmm. I mean, some of that was he's from, where is he from, Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, he was right down the right down the road. Yeah, I mean, he's or... from the area, so the thought was the Wizards are the closest spot to to where he's from that he go home. I think that was the selling point. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, logically, I mean, it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense when his ultimate goal was was to win championships. I mean, why would you take a step back? I mean, if anything, you just re-sign in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So when you're in when you're one of those guys that wants to do that, um. You know, you you don't want to take a step back in a sense because you don't have a whole lot of time because once you get to, you know, your fifth, sixth year, you start to realize like, man, you know, I'm already in this, hopefully maybe a little less than half of my career because, you know, if you can play 12 years, that's a heck of a long 
a long career, but if you go to a team and you're like, well, you know, they're rebuilding and, you know, it it is, it kind of is what it is. You, you start wasting those years and teams look at you very differently, you know, especially if you're kind of a middle of the road guy where I always think if you're the Wolves, for instance, some other teams, you know, San Antonio's kind of an outlier in this because they've won and that's what brings people there. But you're going to have to get guys through trading. You're going to have to get guys through drafting. And you potentially are going to have to overpay some guys because you're not going to get a guy that is really good to come here just because it's Minnesota. You know, you're going to look at a track record and be like, ah, oh, you know what? Well, you know, Minnesota hasn't, they haven't been great. They, you know, they made the playoffs once in 15 years. And, you know, sure, we could build something, but do I have the time to do that? And and for a lot of guys, the answer is probably no. Um, I mean, look at all the kind of the moves that's happened throughout the years. Getting Jimmy, that was through a trade. Carl draft. You know, Wiggs is what was another draft. You're right. You're not signing marquee free agents. No, you're not. You're not. I mean, you're always going to get guys who need jobs. Noah Vonley, Jordan Bell. You know, nobody else was offering Jake Lehman three years. <clears throat> well, I think can be helpful. I mean, I think Lehman, yeah. I like him. I'm glad they got him. I mean, I thought that was a that was a sneaky good move. Yeah. You know, and other teams had interest in Lehman, just not at, at three years. In fact, Portland had interest in keeping him. I mean, mm-hmm. that to me speaks volumes. That is a savvy front office. Portland didn't want to lose him. But based on some other moves, they had to renounce his rights. He becomes yeah. unrestricted. They end up losing him. But Portland, I know this for a fact. Portland wanted to keep him, so I thought that was a good move. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're yeah, you're not. So I guess going back to D'Angelo Russell and that courting, even if they had the cap space, ultimately he may have chosen. Even though Cat is his guy, yeah, he may have ultimately chosen the Golden State Warriors. Let me ask you another part of that. This just hit me. I saw the note from Ken Rosenthal, who does a great job covering Major League Baseball for for MLB Network and and some other outlets. And he wrote the other day that it'll be interesting to see how the Twins approach free agency and are they able to convince – like the Twins won a couple pitchers, Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner. And these guys are going to have, in all likelihood, three, four, five, six offers to choose from. There are going to be three, four, five, six offers that are all comparable. Yeah. Four or five years in length at roughly 16 to 19 to $20 million a year. Income tax, state income tax. It's a big one. It's high here. It's worse here. Yeah, or it's higher here. Third or fourth in this country. I think it might be second. Yeah, you get New York and California are like 12, 13. Okay, so maybe it's third. Whatever and then it is, Minnesota's but it's, at it like is nine, really, eight. really high. So Rosenthal brought this up, just saying something to keep an eye on where the Twins might have to go a little bit higher <clears> to secure <throat> one of these pitchers or yeah. one of these third basemen that they're after. That's because another factor that goes into it. The because... state income tax. <laughs> so speak about that, how that factors in. Because I don't think a lot of people think about that. No, not at all. And, um, you know, I, I, I personally have some friends that have gone through this and have, like, actually hired, you know, tax planners to go through numbers during free agency and say, well, you know, if you if you sign in this city, then here's what your deal is going to be and you know, say your deal is worth $78 million. If you sign in this other city and they sign you for $73 million, sure, it's $5 million less, but over the longevity of it, you're essentially making more because mm-hmm. of the tax hit. And, 
you know, you have to take away as a, as a fan here, we live here, and this is home for us. We we kind of have a hard time conceptualizing going to work for six, eight months somewhere and then coming home wherever that home is. You're right. And I think, <clears throat> I mean, put it this way, this is the way to phrase it. I mean, I think, you know, having been here now 31 years of my life, this is as provincial a marketplace, and I've been around plenty of other locations. Like, you're either one of us or you're not. You're either with us <laughs> we or We love you're our not. people. <laughs> there's like, there's not a whole lot of in-between, mm-hmm. right? I mean, heck, think about all the backlash you received way back when when you chose the Kansas Jayhawks instead of the Gophers. Yeah. And imagine if Twitter was something back then. Social media was <laughs> Everybody's banging then. away on MySpace. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but you heard some of the chatter. People were upset that you made that decision. I don't know if that's the case to the degree it is here in other locations. I just, I'm telling you. I mean, I see this as a struggle with, with some of the Score North hosts who, who are from out of town, that they get some backlash. Yeah. You know, one of our afternoon guys, Rami, is he used to work in Milwaukee, and he's got Chicago ties. And our, our Wolves guy, Danny Cunningham, is a, is a Cleveland guy. Mm-hmm. Just, it takes a while. It just does. Yeah. You know, you come into this market. It just it takes a while for, for a lot of people just to embrace you if you're not one of us. <laughs> Even though you are. Yeah, you know, well, we, yeah. I mean, once you sign on the dotted line and you commit to being here, to me, yeah. Of course, Welcome. Yeah. Thanks for being here, yeah. right? But I just don't know if a lot of people have, have that attitude. Yeah. You know, that's... That's, like I said, one of the 15 factors that goes into free agency is you know, the tax thing. And, and as crazy as it sounds when you're dealing with that much money, and honestly, some guys need that extra money. As hard as it is to really conceptualize thinking, man, they signed a $78 million deal. How, how could they ever need money? Well, just like anybody that makes you know, 30, 50, 75, 100K, they may lay paycheck to paycheck. Some of those guys do too. Yeah, because they have so many hangers on, so many different family members. Just bad decisions I mean, financially. A lot of stories, right? Antoine Walker go up and down the list of, of guys. You who can even talk bankrupt. about the potential of uh, who knows if this is true, but I just saw somebody coming out of retirement. Some of the reason why guys come out of retirement is because they're bored or they need money. And, you know, I, I saw somebody on Instagram the other day that said that they're going to get back into the ring <laughs> yeah, and, and box again. Sure. Who knows if it's financially based, but, Could be. you know, we've all seen his Instagram and we see how much uh, he lives the lavish lifestyle. Sure. But th- there's also something to be said, though, about it's a very small window, right? You played in the NBA for eight years. Yeah. So it's not like you have 40 years to maximize your earnings. It's a very small window, and a lot of guys, you know this, don't even get a second contract. Oh, yeah, a lot of I mean, so you need three to and a half years. to maximize, and you have your degree, so you have a full life ahead of you, and you're going to do all sorts and I got of different a great things, but a lot of podcast. guys don't have that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somehow we convince you to come into this podcast. Yeah. If this is the pinnacle. 
God bless you. Creme de la creme. Yeah, this, this might be it for the rest of your professional life. You'll work for another whatever, 20, 30 years, then you re- can retire handsomely. But, yeah, this might be this might be it, Cole. This absolutely might be it. But, yeah, I mean, just for a lot of guys, they need to find a way to maximize their earnings because mm-hmm. they don't know what the heck they're going to do when the game isn't there anymore. Yeah, and and even another factor is the whole postseason. You know, and we kind of talked about it beforehand was with the NBA coming out saying that they want to change some of the postseasons and maybe throw, you know, a little tournament into the middle of the season. That kind of is going to add a whole nother dynamic to free agency in the next few years. Well, I mean, how about, okay, so yeah, what you're alluding to is the ESPN report from late last week. Yeah. It'll be the 75th NBA season, the 2021-2022 season. So a couple of years from now, the proposal is they want to do this in-season tournament from like Thanksgiving to Christmas. Not quite sure what the incentive is. I haven't read all the details, and none of this is finalized. But they want to do this in-season tournament. They want to minimize the games to some extent. Not a lot, but it's 82 games now. Looks like it might go down to 78. That's not a lot. But, hey, guess what? That's two home games that – that owners need to need to sacrifice gate on. Yeah. And guess what? The players are going to have to give it back some money then. You're not getting paid for 82 games anymore. You're getting paid for, for 78 games. Then, yeah, some reseeding, you know, once you get to the conference finals, which I'm, hey, sign me up, right? Like if, if we could have, like last year, for example, if it just so happened. I mean, if, if Milwaukee played Toronto for the championship, Cool, fine by me. Yeah. I don't care if it's two East teams or if Portland played you Golden State. You want the two State. best teams to – Yeah. I mean, you. It seems like forever ago, by the way, because <laughs> last time I checked, I think Portland and Golden State are the two worst teams in the Western Conference. Yeah. But last year they met in the Western Conference Finals. But yeah, I mean, if that was the NBA Finals, cool, sign me up. You know, to get the 16 best teams, like Sacramento last year misses the playoffs, but they were worthy. They were better than the eighth seed in the East. So yeah. there are some ideas where I'm like, yeah, sign me up. That yeah. makes all it's- sorts of sense. But yeah, as we're talking the finances here, I'm just saying. If you go from 82 games to 78 games... Someone's going to get hit. Everybody's going to get hit I mean, everybody's going to get hit to yeah. some extent, right? Yeah. I think that whole proposal... You know, I've, I've been a rep for majority of my career for, for the union on the player side. and um, So a team rep? Yeah. And we've talked about all sorts of scenarios of, you know, what that looks like. And I think it's finally coming out is I see it kind of as an outsider now of where you're kind of at a lull of a season, you know, the excitement of the NBA season is now getting over with Thanksgiving. Now you're going to have college playoffs. You're going to have the Super Bowl in February. You're going to like, how do you take those viewers and bring them back into basketball in for more than Christmas day? Christmas day is a big deal, big deal. But yeah, what about, you know, the last week of November, the first few weeks of December, mm-hmm. as we get into January. The, the dog days of basketball. The dog days of, of basketball, yeah. yeah. As a player and as a fan, you're kind of like, man, geez, I just watched these guys four four times in the last week. And as a player, you're like, man, we've been on the road for the last nine days. I'm, you know, I'm ready to get home. Even though we got a big game tonight, you know, you still have those those feelings of being on the road for that long. So I think it's kind mm-hmm. of gives an added incentive, and, you know, I don't know if there's a trophy or money or whatever the yeah, how do they the incentivize, end game of it is. Yeah, I mean, how do you make this in-season tournament a big deal? Like, 
I could see some teams saying, you know what? Load management. This is the ideal time to rest, guys. Yeah. Like, who cares about winning the in-season tournament? So I guess, what is the incentive for a team to win? Are they then guaranteed maybe a top four playoff seed? I mean, yeah. I mean, is there is there some way to frame it that way where it has an impact come mid-April into May? Look at I mean, what they did. Because you need to have the incentive, right? You need to make this thing if it's going to be a thing. This in-season tournament, it needs to be a pretty big deal, mm-hmm. you know. So you need to make sure that teams are are going all out to win this thing. Yeah. So yeah, what's what's the reward for winning that thing? Look at what it was probably. Man, seven, six, six, seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago now, where they switched. If you won your division, you were automatically placed into one of the top four seeds. Mm-hmm. Then they switched it to, you know, because if you look at the division, the Northwest Division at the Wolves are in, you have Oklahoma City, Denver, Portland, Utah. Like, you have these. It's really, a really good division, like, but nobody thinks of it that way, right? Nobody thinks anymore just because it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So if divisions don't matter, why do conferences matter? That's where it just didn't make sense. Yeah. I guess what you need to figure out, though, is how do you balance the schedule? 